Mmm, that's good. And that's the sound of a new episode of Digital Coffee, and it's a very extra special one because it's, well, it's Christmas, guys, so Merry Christmas to everybody. I hope you got all your gifts that you actually wanted to, and you actually got along with your family most of the time. I mean, let's be honest, sometimes it's a little difficult to get along with your family. I don't really have any tech news, but I just kind of wanted to go over kind of what happened this past year because guess what? It's coming up. And it's a good way just to rem- just have a reminder of what's going on. So, uh, first of all, Digital Coffee is almost going to be two years old next month. But in the month, it's going to be about two years old. So it's almost like a month away from our terrible twos. That's right. It's going to be a very terrible twos type of uh, t- type of year. So we're going to be terrible. Or I'm going to be terrible because you're going to listen and think how terrible I am. Anyways, it's just one of those things just to, you know, remind us all about what's going on with tech news and how far we've come. Like, for example, the biggest blunder was the Galaxy Note 7. And that was kind of an interesting thing because it was hailed by critics as, like, one of the best phones to get. And then all of a sudden the reports come out saying, well, there's a lot of problems with it. You know, the battery kind of just explodes or smokes. And then it quickly became one of the best phones to just don't ever get this phone. Just don't. Just look away. Just don't do it. Just don't do it whatsoever. Just continue on your way of not getting the Note 7. And unfortunately, it has hurt Samsung quite a bit. Uh, Like I said, this is probably one of the biggest blunders of 2016. One of them, because there's always more. But I would almost put this at the top because of just how much they were trying to push this phone out and how bad of a problem it became for them. That it basically was more of a, yeah, you probably shouldn't have actually ever done this. So congratulations, Samsung, for having one of the biggest blunders of 2016. I'm pretty sure you didn't really want to be on this list, but you are. Um, I mean, it's unfortunate that it actually happened. It's unfortunate that such a great phone became such a, something to avoid and that almost every government agency told you never to turn it on no flights would leave without it without people turning it off uh it's it's just one of those things another i guess sad and summer moment is pebble uh i have a pebble time and i've always recommended pebble to everybody and anybody who uh wants a smartwatch the reason why i recommend it is because uh is because it's just a really great, it's a great watch. It's really small, it's really compact, it's really lightweight. It feels like a watch. It doesn't feel like it's this huge piece of jumbled mess, like kind of the Apple watches. The other watches out there, they're like really thick. So if you look at other smart watches, they're really thick on the LED. It's usually LED. With the Pebble, what they did was that they made it as slim as possible, which I think is also a better alternative uh, to it. And it, they did really well for a little bit, but they just could not gain the momentum of people actually buying this. They wanted the Apple Watch or something else. Even though if people always ask me, I'd be like, hey, you know what? I think you should get a Pebble. And, I'll, and I usually lay out my reasons. A, it does have voice. It does have its own apps. It does have its own watch faces. It lasts, the round lasts around two days of battery. 
If you get the time, it'll last a little bit longer, I think four to seven days. Uh, and it works on iOS and Android because if you got an Apple Watch, you can only use it with Apple. You couldn't use it with anything else. So you were, you were tied to Apple, which is, I guess, the smart way of doing it. With Android, where you probably could, it's just the integration wasn't there. With Pebble, you could do both, and you help and you help a small developer out. Well, people didn't really want to help out the small developer, and they went the way of the dono. Yes, it's really unfortunate because I'm still going to use my Pebble until it dies. I'm still going to like it. There's going to be no more support. Um, unfortunately, Pebble did not do the best job of... Well, telling its users what was going on and how financially strapped they actually really were. Um, I mean, it's it's a sad, unfortunate thing. This is this is basically the this is basically what happens in business. Even if you have a great product, sometimes it just doesn't convert into actual sales, and that does hurt you. Marketing might have been a little off as well. Uh, it could have been a really true competitor for everybody else, but unfortunately, no. Fitbit did buy it, but it only bought really the engineers and the pat if they hadn't patents, but at least the technology of Pebble and said, well, we don't really want to support Pebble and everybody's warranty is void, basically. Basically what Fitbit said was that we don't want you Pebble users coming to Fitbit because we aren't going to really grant, um, you know, anything of that. So... I say this is probably another blunder, but one of the worst things for me that happened in 2016 is congratulations, Fitbit. You just told all your all the Pebble users never to buy you because you didn't really want to, you know, support it. And so this is what you get. And I'm never going to buy a Fitbit. That's just my thing. I, I will avoid it. I will, I will wait for Google to announce their two smartwatches line and see if they actually are going to be any good and slim and just as lightweight as the Pebble is. I'm not thinking it will be because they're probably going to go to a more high-end area, but the reason why Pebble is a good smartwatch for the most part is because of its lightweight and the battery uh, life that it has on it. Two days is what I get out of a round, which is pretty slim. It's way more than what you get from the Apple Watch. So there, there it is. There, That's what you have there as well. I think... If, I guess the other blunders, and this, and I will probably put this up as probably the biggest blunder ever in history, um, only because it's who it happened to. I mean, Samsung would have been number one, but since this one kind of was brought to light, even though this was a little bit older, the news didn't finally break until they had final announcement. But the Yahoo hack was one of the biggest hacks ever, and they had two different ones. They had one that had 500 million accounts hacked, Yahoo Mail accounts hacked, plus over a billion of other ones hacked as well. Yahoo, seriously, you were like the pinnacle of the tech bubble. You survived it, and you just you just became like one of the worst tech people ever. I've had to, like, there were some accounts that I had on this, and I'm converting all of them over to different accounts so I don't get hacked or my accounts don't get well, you know how it is. My accounts don't, you know, have something happen to them. I've had to you know, do two-factor authentication on some of my accounts just in case someone figured out my password for my um, the gaming services. That was just in case, but I did convert them over. But you knew about this. 
for a couple of years, sat on it so Micro- so Verizon would buy you, and then you're like, oh, by the way, we had this problem with it. Worst idea ever. You have the worst security ever. If they got that much out of you, that's not very good. And you lost a lot of credibility with that as well. I'm pretty sure a lot of people just left. They're like, and I'm leaving. This is now going to strictly be a dump account. Basically, if anybody wants to give me anything, <laughs> I'm sending over my Yahoo accounts because if they hack it, I'll be like, hey, whatever. They got that information, whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, you you could have had better security. You could have informed people about this, but you didn't. You did it in all the wrong ways, and you're probably going to be paying for it. I mean, Verizon has said that we want to re- renegotiate the buyout offer and have a slash off a billion dollars, which, to be honest with you, is probably it's it's fair. I mean, it's fair that they want to actually do that. So that's my only that that would be my biggest blunder of 2016 would be the Yahoo a- the Yahoo hacks hacks hacks. X as a hacks. Yahoo hacks. The reason why is because it was just so big and so massive and so uh, bad for them that it has to be number one. Now, number two is obviously the Samsung Note 7 um, phone in general. Just the whole, oh, look, it's catching, it's smoking and catching on fire. Oh, yay, my phone does not work anymore because it was Samsung's fault for making a defective product. No, they did figure it out, and they did basically go in good faith and try to replace it. it didn't work, and they said, "You know what? We're not going to do this anymore. We're going to figure this out." So at least they did it. They were on the right foot in that regard. Now they weren't really on the right foot because they brought it out too early. But that's number two um, because it was it wasn't a good. It really wasn't a good thing, guys. It was, it was one of the worst, worst ever, worst. Ever that could ever happen um, for phones. I mean, it's the only phone that I know of that's had that many problems. Um, so it is unfortunate. Now, the I mean, I think the biggest uh, now transitioning over to like one of the biggest like highlights of 2016. I mean, I think AMD is kind of just the highlight of it because AMD. First of all, their stocks were terrible. No one was really buying their stuff. They had so low uh, of a market um, on the graphics cards and on the CPU front. Intel was beating them handily. NVIDIA was beating them handily. Like, it was not going well for AMD for quite a while. And then this year, they brought out the 400 series line. The the RX 480 is one of the best budget cards to actually get um, that NVIDIA had to, you know, fight for it and make their own as well. And then the Zen, the Ryzen, or as they're called now, the, for a while they're called the Zen, but they're now called the Ryzen, 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 um, coming out next year uh, and just seeing how it could actually compete with uh, Intel is just another great thing. Plus their stocks have gone from like $3 to almost $12. That's a huge gain in market share. They got about 10% from Nvidia and uh, probably next year they might actually take away some market share from uh, Intel as well. They've also had some uh, joint agreements with Intel, which is another great thing. 
Plus, with AMD running exclusively on all consoles, they are slowly gaining back some market share. Now, they didn't have very many, so uh, a lot, so it's not that big. It was about 10% from NVIDIA, but it's still significant when you only have two people making uh, the standards for graphics cards. You have NVIDIA and AMD. Now, NVIDIA has made some interesting things as well as going to uh, self-driving or smart cars um, and getting into other areas as well. Is interesting. Also, another big stellar thing was Microsoft uh, and their new uh, studio uh, dial, the new studio just uh, all-in-one desktop in general, made huge waves. Uh, basically, everybody was like, oh, I want to buy Microsoft now, and, you know, Apple came with theirs. Ooh, Touch Bar. And no one, everybody was like, why? Um, but their um, their studio dial and their just desktop was was really good. I was actually really surprised about what they came out with. Um, I mean, everything's soldered in. You can't really replace it, which from my PC building mind is like, no, 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 I don't want this. But for everybody else that actually doesn't want to actually do that, and I know there's quite a bit of you out there that doesn't want to do that. It's probably one of the better uh, ones to actually get. So I would look... I would look into that. Now, it's not cheap. It's about $3,500. Uh, don't quote me on that, but it's a, it's around three grand, I should say. Three grand to $3,500. So it's not cheap. That's another thing. Also, their paint program, which has been the laughing stock of, well, digital art for quite a while, has made some interesting comebacks as well um, with the 3D way of uh, showing it off. So it could be, a, it could be an interesting uh, alternative to um, GIMP and to G-I-M-B-P-P, this is the right game, whatever, the, the longest running open source uh, Photoshop alternative and also Photoshop in general too. So there's there's that. Also with the Google Pixel phone and the Google VR unit and all, just, all the VR units just coming out out of the gate um, has been an interesting time for 2016 because even though, and I do have a Google VR unit because I bought, I pre-ordered the Pixel phone, even though I'm not, um, still sold on it. Um, it is still an interesting alternative. Also, and I always have to say this, VR or virtual reality is not a very old, um, or it's not a very new system. It's not new at all. I actually played a VR game in the 90s, so I know this is not very new, even though it's kind of had this resurgence with Oculus Rift, with uh, HTC Vive, Vivi, whatever, whatever that's called, um, and other ones. Um, it's just one of those things. It's it's great. Uh, it it's a great time for tech. I mean, we've got so many very different types of things. We've had so many different types of changes in 2016, especially with uh, with IF T and their applets instead of recipes, um, and also with um, just Microsoft coming back in resurgence and actually becoming popular, which is weird um, because usually I hear just how much people hate Microsoft and how Apple's better. And also, Apple kind of people questioning about Apple's dominance or how well they're going to be doing in the future because of their their CEO Steve Jobs or their former one not around anymore. Um, it's an interesting time. Uh, I have to say, I'm looking forward to what's going to happen in 2017. I'm looking for um, self driving to actually become a 
a huge push into it, even bigger than it already is. AI to actually grow leaps and bounds. Um, phones to actually halt a little bit more. Not there's not going. I don't think there's going to be as many yearly releases as there usually is. I think there's going to be a longer birth or longer development of those, especially since uh, because of all the things that have happened. I don't think we're going to see as many phones coming out, or hopefully, because. To be honest with you, every year a phone comes out, there really isn't very much innovation coming out of it. There's some nice touches to it, but they're getting to that point where it's not becoming a big deal. I'm hoping to see a Microsoft phone that's been rumored to actually happen as well. I'm hoping to see um, a bigger push with uh, mobile pages, a bigger push with Facebook uh, into audio now because they have teased about uh, live audio so I'm seeing a bigger push into more ways of doing live media is going to be the biggest thing so if you're a media person podcaster whatever you are um, you're going to have to look at especially for businesses you're going to have to look at media video audio as a new source of gaining customers basically businesses are going to be have are going to have to become media companies at the same time as well marketers are going to have to becoming media experts it's not just going to be seo and just doing that it's going to be photoshop premiere doing things or finding ways of having new and interesting um intros it's gonna be all that um i'm also um hoping to see looking forward to 2017 um, kind of hopefully uh, just Android and Google figuring out one cohesive strategy. The problem is that Google has five different messaging services. They have Hangouts, Messenger, Allo, Duo, um, Spaces, all of these, and they just have not stuck to one. I really want them to combine all of them combine Allo with Duo and just make it one cohesive uh, messaging services because that's what it needs now. What happened, uh, I think, in the previous years is that companies started to split off their different apps into different apps. So we had Facebook, Facebook Messenger, Facebook Groups, Facebook this, Facebook that. And I think people are getting tired of all these all these uh, apps from one company. And it's getting to the point where it's like, dude, I just want one app that does it all. I don't need like 15 apps from one company that does different little things. I just need one cohesive app. So I'm also seeing, and this is looking ahead to 2017, a more cohesive all-in-one apps becoming popular again, where it's not just, oh, look, I have 15 apps from Facebook. I have 15 apps from Twitter. I have 15 apps from Instagram. Why do I need all these? Why can't it just be in one nice little bundled app? Um, so that's what, I'm, that's what I'm looking for. More automations are going to be coming for marketing side of it. Uh, marketers are going to be a little bit more savvy with multi-device um, purchases because there's something called a journey. So it's got, so usually people go from like tablet to phone to make a purchase on their on their um, computer or it's computer, tablet, phone, whichever one it is. Um, we're going to see be seeing a resurgence, or going to be understanding that better and figuring out a better path to success. Um, another thing is better metrics. So Facebook has finally come out saying we we we've messed up on a lot of our metrics. We're sorry. 
Um, and so a lot of marketers have been like, hey, there, you've got to have third party people look into this. Um, we're tired of having these, um, oops, they're off type of moments. And they've happened this year and this year only. Video metrics was off. Returning visitors was off. So when someone came to your site and then left for a while and came back, they or just came immediately back, they would plug it in as a different user with a different um, code. And so the metrics would be off as well. Instant articles was off. There was just a whole slew of metrics off that Facebook now kind of needs a third-party person to go in and be like, this is how you do it, this is what needs to be done type of a thing because they aren't doing a good job at all. Oh, and also live video, the reactions were off as well. So that's another problem. And I'm hoping to see better metrics coming out of Facebook in general. I'm hoping to see um, kind of live coming into its like maturing phase Live was new this past year, but I'm, I want to see it mature more. Uh, so have Periscope mature, have Facebook Live mature, Instagram Live mature, um, Twitch obviously is very mature, but sure more. YouTube kind of get better into that as well, and YouTube becoming more social. Um, it's It has some social aspects, but I want it to be more social than it was. I actually really thought, and this was probably the biggest, oh, that didn't happen moment of 2016. Uh, uh, Google not buying Twitter for some odd reason. I mean, I understand why they didn't buy it because Twitter has not figured out what it is or what it should be. But I'm figuring that it's it. Uh, to me, it just it seemed like the best fit um, because Twitter and Google work really well together. They're really integrated well together with search results and everything else like that. It just seemed like a perfect fit, especially since. Um, Google was trying to get into live streaming more and just live streaming in general and they were pushing their own live YouTube live set. It just seemed like a really good good fit and Google has never been good at social media. I have no problems with one, uh, Google Plus. The problem is that Google really doesn't um, – it really has no faith in it. It doesn't really support it as much as it used to and it actually has taken out features of it as well. So that is a clear sign that Google's looking to either get rid of it, redo it. I'm pretty sure they're eventually they're going to get rid of it. Um, I'd rather not see it get rid of, but I don't really see a, um, a clear path to it anymore. It's just not a priority for Google anymore. Their priority is um, voice and Google Home and their phones and Android and Chromium and Chrome and all these other ones. So don't really see it as their focus anymore. Which another one looking forward to in 2017 is voice search to become the popular thing with Alexa, with Google Home, with uh, Microsoft potentially doing something as well. Apple probably is going to be doing something as well. So I'm seeing a big push into that and a new way of searching. So marketers, you're going to have to be aware of voice search is going to be the new search that you're going to have to understand and figure out how to do effectively as well, or make sure that your site is voice search ready if there's a way of doing that. I've not seen that quite yet as well. So that those are kind of like my predictions of 2017 to look forward to as well. Um, so I'm excited for that. Now, one of my favorite games of 2016, I'm going to have to say it's Battlefield 1. I love Overwatch, but Battlefield 1 just completely going uh, differently from what first-person shooters have done. I'm not saying that Overwatch is the same, because uh, it isn't. It kind of brought back the um, 
the different types of uh, character roles uh, for first-person shooters. I mean, TF2 did that a long while ago and was very popular. But Battlefield 1, um, Battlefield series in general, went back to a war that we don't really get to play with or talk about very much. World War One, And it was surprisingly, it's surprisingly really good, really fun. There's some qualms I have with it, scouts. Um, but beyond that, and bombers, I think bombers need a little bit of a tweak. Um, but beyond that, it's a really well done game. It's, for the most part, um, balanced. For the most part. I mean, there's always different tweaks and changes. It, it was after a few updates, the LMGs are actually useful because when it first came out LMG sucked they weren't very good there was no reason to use them people did not use support classes or roll support classes very often because we would dive a lot and we just the guns weren't just powerful and so I'm glad they tweaked it and made the guns a little bit more powerful I'm glad the tanks are powerful and they will kill you um I didn't like how they tweaked it in Battlefield 4 and it kind of never really worked um I like that planes are powerful, but I, I do think they, the change with the, the AA should have been reverted back to when it launched, where you could take them down pretty quickly, because it should be able to, the AA takes them down really quick, but I get why they wanted to change it a little bit, so it would, some people would last a little bit longer, so I'm not against it, it's just I think bombers can just kind of rule the sky, and the fighters are kind of useless against it, so I'm hoping for a buff on at least more of a buff on the dogfighter options. But like I said, in general, I think it's a really well done game. I think they did, they learned their lesson from uh, Battlefield 4, which had a terrible launch, but they got it back on track. Um, and so I'm very excited for the future of Battlefield 1 because I think they have, they do actually have a hit on it. Um, I'm sad that Titanfall 2 isn't doing as well because it actually is a really good game. It's just unfortunate that EA couldn't figure out that they probably should have launched it when they did. They probably should have launched it either September, October, or the beginning of October, or waited until after Christmas, or even December to actually launch it. So it's unfortunate, but still a really good game. But like I said, my number one pick is Battlefield 1. I think it's a really good game. I think it's really well done. Um, and that's for first-person shooters. For strategy, oh man, it's so hard. Um... I'm going to have to say it's going to be Civilization VI. Even though Age of Singularity is actually pretty fun, Civ VI basically kind of redid it a little bit and made Civilization VI like one of the better strategy games out there. So that's that's my pick for 2016. Um, now for kind of um, the action-adventure games or the action-stealth games, or that I'm going to say Laura... Well, it can't be too weird because that, that actually came out last year. <laughs> i got to keep up with it. <laughs> Assassin's Creed did not come out, so can't say that one. Um, probably going to have to say Dishonored 2 is probably going to be that one as well. Um, just because it, it's even with all the problems, it's a really good game. It's really fun. The two characters are very distinct. Um, so that's, that's mine for 2016. Uh, so that's my... That's my uh, action-adventure type game. This is for PC, obviously, because that's what I primarily do. Um, and then for um, the biggest, the most hyped game of 2016, it has to be No Man's Skies. 
even though they've done a really good job of supporting it and they fixed a lot of things and they've added a lot of great content to it, it just wasn't what it should have been when it was launched. And it was very apparent that they should have waited a while to actually do a lot of this stuff. Unfortunately, they launched it. Unfortunately, that's what happened. That's what it is. So uh, we're stuck with we're stuck with that. Yeah, we're just, we're, we're just stuck with it. Um, the best old school franchise to come back with a huge hit, Doom. Has to be Doom. Doom is probably one of the best games for old school first person shooter games. So fun. So just jumping around and just shooting things. Plus with their snap maps and just there's their great support of it. It's a great game to get. It's it's still I highly recommend it. Um, best indie game of the year, I would I would have to say Banner Saga 2. I think it's just one of the best games out there for um, for what it does. Uh, it's a it's a great game. Uh, it's it's hard as hard as all get up. I mean, dang, I died so many times and just all the things that you have to do with it. Oh man, it was just it was it was difficult. It was a difficult game. That's not it's not because it was a very difficult game. Now, uh, best I'm gonna say. Best esports game is going to be Overwatch. I'm a, I'm going to give it to Overwatch because yes, it's a very big esports uh, scene. It's it's a very good game. Like I would put it as the, as my FPS or best game for me, but it had to be Battlefield One because it's the one I play more often. But yes, this that is the best one uh, for esports wise. Overwatch is my pick for that as well because it it really is. It really is. Um, no joke, no lie, just one of the best ones. Now, um, let's say one of the best, um, uh, one of the best uh, games to come back from the dead. I would say it would probably be Skyrim. I mean, it really was never really dead, but the special edition kind of like brought it back into popularity again, or at least brought it back to people like, oh, I should really get this and see what new updates have happened. So, I give it to them as well. Uh, most moddable game. Uh, I would probably... It's either going to be Fallout 4 or Skyrim. Uh, the two most multiple games of 2016. But I'm going to go with Fallout 4 because it's newer. Um, yeah, it, it is newer. Um, but yeah, Fallout 4, there's so many mods to this game. So many... Um, so many great mods out there for it as well. Restructures, reskins, reshaders, EMVs, all those other stuff. So many, so many good ones to make to make the game really good and to cripple your, your frame rates. Oh, they can cripple it so well as well. A uh, game to not live up to its expectation would have to be Battleborn. Battleborn came out around a week before Overwatch did and just could not pick up the player base it needed. It had a great start, and then just people moved over to Overwatch. They liked it better. Um, is Battleborn good? Yeah, it's a really good game. It has the vibe of... Um, Oh god, what what are the, Borderlands, that's what I was looking for. It has the vibe of the Borderlands games, but just could not get the player base. But it's still it's still different in a way. Um it's very more Moab feel towards it. Your character don't doesn't die as quickly as in Overwatch, because you can die really quickly. Um but yeah, that's my pick. Um, now, I haven't done best FPS, and this is going to actually be Rainbow Six Siege. And now, I know it didn't come out this year, but since they're doing year two, um, I'm going to have to pick that one. 
because it's being supported really well. It was a surprise to everybody, including me, because I just never saw that coming. Never did. So I'm going to pick that one. I know it's like two, but it wasn't done in 2016. Yeah, but they're, they keep on updating it. So all fair game to me. Um, but yeah, that's, that's just kind of, um, those are kind of my best sports game, Rocket League. I know it's not really technically a sport, but seriously, it's a fun game. Rocket League's my, my pick for that one. Um, just a better pick in general. Best, um, best software for Steam. Now, I just got this yesterday, and I really like it. Wallpaper Engine. Four bucks, and you can make interactive um, wall, uh, wallpapers, like backgrounds for your PC. So uh, on, so I have two PCs set up. So I have uh, someone made a um, kind of like a, almost like a GIF, but a very high res GIF of the Mass Effect Andromeda with the N7 armor and just has dust flying around and it kind of moves a little bit. And my second one, which I might change, I don't know, depending, is just the Dark Souls 3 campfire with the knight just sitting there. Really cool. You can basically find any video and put that in there as well, and the video can play. I did that for a bit, but I felt a little too, a little too distracting and just kind of like the very simple things. But four bucks, it's still an early access. What could go wrong? Um, for best uh, RPG, I would say Tyranny is actually pretty good. Um, now I didn't like the ending, but for all for its overall isometric top-down RPG, it was actually really good. Um, which kudos to Obsidian for actually making this, but it's my top pick. Best um, best DLC slash expansion of 2016 is going to be Witcher 3 Blood and Wine. 30 hours of gameplay for 20 bucks, probably the best bang for your buck. And I've never seen anything like like that ever. It's guys, biggest map is Velen. Um, it brings you to the song, uh-huh. kind of like a... Uh, Basically, a land was very French, loved their wine, and also is very um, chivalrous. Uh, they have knights, they have knights errands, kind of all that stuff. So it has a different vibe to it. It's very just majestic and beautiful vibe to it. Even though The Witcher 3 base game is beautiful in general, it just kind of amps it up a lot more. So that's 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 my best one for that as well. Um, yeah, I... To me, that that's kind of like, kind of rounds it up for 2016 for me. I mean, there weren't weren't really too many other games out there as well that kind of came out. It was kind of to me, it was kind of a little bit of a light year, or maybe I just not remembering a lot of them. But it was a little bit of a light year. It seems like to me for 2016. Now, I love Dark Souls three, and that is probably uh, the the best. I would say the best hardcore game of 2016 would be Dark Souls three. It's a really hard game, still a great game in general. Love it. Um, not not too many things wrong with that in general as well. Um, but yeah, uh, that would probably be the hardest game of 2016. <laughs> hardcore game, I should say. Because um, there really wasn't too many very hardcore games out there. Um, so this one had to take it as well. Um, but beyond that, there, the, to my recollection, there really wasn't too many. Now, what to expect for 2017? I'm expecting, I'm hoping, expecting, well, the the final nail in the coffin for yearly releases. Assassin's Creed stopped it, thank God. Um, they, need, they need a refresh of it. Um, just, just developers just really honing in and taking their time on their games. I'm really hoping for that. 
I'm also really hoping for the death of terrible DLCs. Now, for example, Warhammer has blood and gore for $3. I'm like, really? And just that stuff. I like Titanfall 2's um, model for DLCs. Everybody gets the map. And, and Rainbow Six Siege has done this. And a slew of other ones have done this. Everybody gets the maps. Everybody gets the characters. You just have to unlock them, basically. Now, it's a higher unlock. It takes a lot to unlock them. But at least you get it that way. Um, what EA is doing, I don't like their DLC scheme still. I think they could do a better job with it. Um, but I'm hoping that this example will help. Also, um, CD Projekt Red has also proved it as well as giving 16 small DLCs with two really big ones. One 10 hours long, one 20 hours long with to combine together about 30 hours worth of content, which I think. I also hope that uh, developers and publishers figure out that more content in your base game will will drive sales as well. So I'm hoping for that as well. I'm hoping they get the memo on this one because they've not been getting the memo of it and I'm sick and tired of Battlefront of having little content. Now I like Battlefield 1 because it had about 10 maps, which is way more than what Battlefront did. Um, but I'm hoping for more content and it's not feeling like they kind of just took bits off to resell it because people are starting to get really upset about that. And I'm, I'm with them on that. Um, I'm also hoping to see longer um, support for the games. Now, Rainbow Six Siege is doing this with year two. And I'm hoping to see like a two-year support instead of two or more, two or more plus of support and just kind of like supporting these games for the long haul because people will play these games for quite a while. Look at... Um, Battlefield 2. I mean, seriously, Battlefield 2 <laughs> has been, been played for quite a while. It's a very old game. It came out in 2000, early 2000s, I think. Um, but yeah, I'm just hoping to see kind of just longer support. Um, and kind of just doing like year twos and just, like you said, giving extra de development cycle times for... Um, their newer games, like the game with Battlefield 4. What they did with Battlefield 4 is they had their DLCs and they had their community updates and they had um, they, they gave a couple maps away for free. Um, and that was a really awesome thing. And it basically, it, it made um, Battlefield 4's life even longer. So I'm hoping for that as well. Um, what I'm also hoping for is um, just kind of to stop just... Just better support uh, for Linux, better support for the Steam controller as well. I think it's a really great controller. And just tighter integrations with the live streaming scene because it's starting to come, it's starting to happen, but just tighter integration. And for the love of God, no more gaming portals. I'm sick and tired of like five of them that I have to load up just to play one game. I'm talking to you, EA and Ubisoft. It's just a bad decision. I'm just hoping, or more of just being able to for them to talk to each other. Tighter integration with all of them. Even though they're competing with each other, i rather have tighter integration with all of them as well. But that hasn't happened yet, but I'm hoping for better support between all of them. Also, EA, I have a bone to pick with you. Having better support with um, NVIDIA Share and everything else because Battlefront has terrible support with it. Uh... So that, and just better tighter integration with Twitch, with uh, YouTube Gaming, with Beam, and all these other ones um, would be would be a great help as well. 
Um, I'm probably, I mean, that's kind of like all that I kind of wish for for 2017. Um, and I mean, what to expect from Digital Coffee? Well, A, I'm going to be do launching the video series uh, coming next month. Um, so I'm getting all that set up as well. So get, uh, so be prepared for that. Um, better equipment. I'm eventually going to get some better equipment for you guys. So, you know, better sounding podcasts. Yay. Um, also, just be on the lookout for other things I'll be doing. Hopefully, I'll be getting back into um, live streaming again. I've been terrible the last few years. Apologize for that. It's, <laughs> yeah, there's been things going on with that. But I'm hoping for actually doing more live streaming and actually doing the live streaming and actually be making a habit of it. Um, so just check that in 2016. And I hope you guys have a great Christmas and a happy new year. But you'll probably hear me next this coming week anyways. But if I don't say that, happy, happy new year. And I hope you got all the gifts, the techie gifts that you wanted. So, guys, this is... This is uh, the End of Digital Coffee Christmas special. I hope you guys have a great... And once again, because I really want, really want to show it off, I really hope you guys have a great Christmas. And tune in on Wednesday, normal schedule, Wednesday for Digital Coffee. Um, and we'll be getting back into that as well. And I will actually go into more in-depth about my top things I liked for... Top tech devices I liked for 2016. So yeah, as always, guys, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeart, Stitcher, TuneIn as well. And um, follow Digital Coffee on Twitter, Facebook, Periscope, Twitch, YouTube Gaming, YouTube, Instagram, all those. All Digital Coffee as well. And also, like I said before, tune in on Wednesday for a new, new episode of Digital Coffee before 2016. Uh, 2017, it is 2016. Anyways, guys, thank you and have a... Merry Christmas. Later, guys.